Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. What is up? Welcome to Thursday, November 19th edition of Roughing the Kicker, a daily Kansas City Chiefs podcast on ArrowheadReport.com. I'm your host, Tucker Franklin. Today's episode is brought to you by ExpressVPN. Click the link in the description to get three months free with a one-year package to protect your online activity today. See the link in our description for more information. Joining me today for a three-man podcast for our Unnecessary Roughness and Roughing the Mailbag segments, Jordan Foote and Connor Christofferson. Jordan, how are you doing today? Tucker, I think you started with me last week, so that means you're going to have to go with Connor for like the mm. next 52 weeks in a row or something, but I'm doing pretty good, bud. That's good. Probably better than I am right now. Um... <laughs> Do you need to talk, Tucker? <laughs> no, I'm okay. Um, I just, I really do try to remember who I start with, and, but... I always think, okay, I'm going to go back and listen to the episode. So that was my thought process is I'm going to go back, listen to the episode, see who I uh, started with, and then I never do, and then it's game time, and I think, oh, no, who did I start with? <laughs> so then it's just a game time decision right there. But, but Connor, how are you doing today? Um, I'm doing good. It's uh, 69 degrees today nice. in uh, middle of November. Uh, don't understand the weather. And uh, I got some natural light behind me, as you can see. Yeah. Um, have a beer also to my my left, so it could be worse. That's for sure. It totally could. Um, before we get started, if you hear anything like wind, it's really windy in Kansas City mm-hmm. today. Um, like yeah. so, and I was noticing it a lot when I was like working on things. Like, man, it's loud out there. So there. There was a night a few days ago where it was probably the windiest I've ever heard it. Mm-hmm. Uh, weather be for a prolonged period of time it was actually insane how windy it was it was like sustained winds of like 50 Mm -hmm. miles an hour yeah Uh, just for like three hours at night randomly it was crazy weather is crazy uh just in general i don't understand weather. i was a meteorology major in college oh wow uh, i I can agree (laughs) what the hell that's awesome (laughs) for i didn't i switched to computer science about halfway through but for two years, I was a meteorology major. Wow. We're going to have to dig into that more. But right now, we are <laughs> going to talk about um, some injuries and a little bit of news nuggets before we get into our, our segments. Uh, the Raiders have put pretty much their whole starting defense on the COVID-19 list because they're close contacts. Now, they can obviously be eligible for the game on Sunday. But Jonathan Abram, Malik Collins... Jonathan Hankins, Isaiah Johnson, Arden Key, Kendall Vickers, all placed on the COVID-19 list just before we hopped on to record the podcast. All of those guys have been put on the list. So what are your guys' reactions to all those guys going on the list for the Raiders? I mean... That's a lot. Yeah, yeah, it's a lot. I mean, I was going <laughs> to say literally the same exact thing. Like, I, the Raiders have been, like, notorious for not following the proper COVID protocols this year. But, I mean... Anytime your entire starting defense pretty much is put on the COVID list, like, I don't know if that's not following the rules or just bad luck with a close contact or what's going on. But, I mean, that's just 
the nature of the virus. I mean, you'd rather be mm-hmm. more safe than sorry, I guess. So there's still more info that's going to come out. But my first reaction was literally, that's a lot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't think it's actually uh, them. This is like one of the first times they've probably mm-hmm. followed protocols. Because exactly. uh, uh, this is probably what they needed to do if Clone Farrell, who actually tested positive for COVID, if he was near all these uh, guys, that's the uh, the mm-hmm. proper way to um, mm-hmm. do it, you could say. Especially with the NFL going to intensive protocols all the time for every team starting this weekend. Yeah. So, uh and with cases rising in the U.S. sharply each day. So I think they're finally following protocols. I think uh, Mark Davis was like, wow, I really don't want to lose a million dollars to a fine anytime mm-hmm. in the future. So uh, we need to actually maybe start trying at least, uh, even though there was that picture of – have you seen that picture of Gruden trying to wear a mask? I think it was from earlier in the season against the Patriots, but it was um, – I don't know. He he went to the same school that Andy Reid did with a, a weird mask wearing. Um, I don't know what happened there. Um, but those players should be back by Sunday mm. if they test negative this week. So they will not miss the game because of it. But their practice, of course, will mm-hmm. be impacted. That is true. And speaking of practice, we have a finally have an injury report to talk about, guys. It's been a while since we've had an injury report. Uh, Bo Pete Keys, he was out with a with a sickness. I don't think it's COVID related. They just said he was ill. Uh, Taco Charlton obviously missed with his ankle. He tweeted out that he was going to get surgery. I think it was in Green Bay was he was going to get uh, mm-hmm. surgery at Mitchell Schwartz. He is on the COVID nineteen list. He wasn't practicing today. None of the guys on the COVID-19 list practiced today. But his back, I think what what uh, Andy Reid was saying in his press conference, people were kind of confused about it. He said that he wasn't going to practice today. Obviously, wasn't because of the COVID list. But I don't think he would have been back because he's still dealing with the back injury. And also, a couple of limited participants I was surprised about that showed up on, on the injury report. Rashad Fitton and Mike Rimmers, both mm-hmm. limited. Now, Rimmers did sustain the rib injury. And I think that, that Fitton got hurt at the end of uh, the game, too. Fitton also yeah, did, yes. So, uh, Probably shouldn't have been surprised as I was. I thought, well, maybe the bye week would just kind of get rid of those injuries, but uh, silly me. <laughs> and uh, some good news, Sammy Watkins, full participant, so we could see him on, on Sunday. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, uh, Rimmers, uh, Rimmers had that rib injury and Fenton had an ankle That's injury. Right. Um, uh, they didn't never said or indicated that they were serious, mm-hmm. so I figured – being limited in Wednesday practice right. is usually a pretty good sign as long as they're not limited or don't practice the rest of the week. So uh, they should be fine to go. And uh, Sammy being full is nice to see. Uh, with uh, the status of McColl up in the air a bit because of the COVID mm-hmm. list, uh, um, he's still on He's it, on it, and he's positive. He yeah, yeah, he has – I think he's – Oh, he – he has. Yes, he, so he has COVID. I think he's the Did only I miss one. That? Uh, he could have, but uh, <laughs> it was a late developing thing. What? Yeah, yeah, that he wasn't feeling very good. Uh, I think ter- today he said like, uh, "Oh yeah, prayers okay, up or yeah. something." But he got on the yeah. bye week. Mm-hmm, that's true. He did at the very beginning of the bye week. Yeah, uh, but he got on the bye week, and that, and wasn't he supposed to be done? The timing of all yeah. this stuff, so like, oh god, there's this like math. And now I have to do math and time schedules and stuff. It's like, yeah, I think he was supposed to be off it before the Raiders game, even if we consider he had COVID. I think the like the wait period mm-hmm. ended before the Raiders game, 
So I, I guess we'll see. Watkins should be back, so the Chiefs will have a nice complement of weapons still. So that, yeah. that is nice. That is true. Uh, so let's go ahead and get into our segments for today. Let's start with the first question. It's from Devin Albertson. He asked, how do you expect the Chiefs secondary to play Derek Carr this time around? I think that's a very interesting question because we did see the Chiefs secondary get a little burnt by Derek Carr. He said air the ball out a little bit. Um, now there's obviously different explanations for it. But uh, who wants to start with this question? Um, I'll take this one. Okay. A lot of the stuff last time around was miscommunications and blown coverages and even spags was like they caught us off guard a couple times though i think it was like place 21 through 29 he said was like the worst where they were just getting gashed blah blah blah. it was like a snowball effect almost i think now i can't speak for everybody i don't think this game is going to be close i think the raiders will score like 17 points i think that they're going to be running the ball. The last three weeks, Carr hasn't even come close to 200 yards passing. I mean, he's kind of settling back into the Derek Carr role where you let the defense, if it's good, try to do some stuff. You run the ball with Jacobs up the middle. You kind of manage the game. And I mean, that's what every quarterback does, but we're not going to see Patrick Mahomes have like 150-yard passing games or anything like that. So I think the secondary is going to be fine. Um, whether or not Legereus Sneed's back, regardless of any of that stuff, I think in general they're going to be okay. Hmm. Yeah, I think I think the secondary is going to be fine. Um, I don't I don't think we'll see a string of plays mm-hmm. like we did against them, the Raiders in the first uh, go through. I do, I'm one of the people. I'm I'm kind of a contrary to a lot of people. I'm not like the overly positive type of Chiefs mm-hmm. fan. I still harbor the negative attributes that uh, define the Chiefs before Mahomes and Reed. Um, so I I try to think of more. I give credit kind of to rivals if they're playing well. And Derek Carr is actually mm-hmm. playing well. I think he's this is his best year since that one year um, where he was kind of in contention for MVP yeah. and then he broke his leg. Since then, the Raiders kind of been a trash fire, so and he's been playing worse because of it. But I think he's back into a form like 2016, I believe, was the year. Yeah. Um, and it, it's mainly to do because he has the best weapons on offense um, since that time. Um, Henry Ruggs and Nelson Aguilar. Who would have guessed <laughs> Nelson Aguilar would have a <laughs> resurgence on the Raiders? Um, both are great deep threats for him, and that's mainly why he's increased throwing the ball downfield. Because we even saw with like Alex Smith, when Tyreek Hill started to really play well, Alex Smith threw the ball down mm-hmm. the field mm-hmm. too. So quarterbacks throwing ball down the field kind of, is sometimes tied to their weapons. Yeah. And if they don't have a good deep threat, they won't. If they do, they will. So I think the I think the Raiders will do not as well like they scored 42 mm-hmm. points against the Chiefs last time. Oh, yeah. Um I don't think they I don't think they're going to do that. But uh I think they'll people I think after the game people go what happened to the Chiefs defense? Why they give up so many points against the Raiders again? Uh but I think the Chiefs offense is going to put the yeah. clamps down. So I, that's why I think the Chiefs are going to win and probably by two scores if I were to guess. But I think the secondary might struggle, but that's only because the Raiders offense is actually good this year. Yeah, like Jordan mentioned, a lot of the things were communication and schematics. Uh, I know that, uh, Connor, you and I talked about, we saw Dan Sorensen go up and take a tight end when he should have stayed back two times. So, And then when you see that happen twice, you think, okay, 
yeah, we do like to dog on Dan Sorensen. He has been playing well recently as of late. But if you see a player like that who is usually pretty sound sound and solid uh, assignment-wise, do that twice in a row, you think, okay, maybe there's something wrong with the assignment. Maybe maybe the scheme is up. Maybe they didn't have the right scheme calls. And I do expect to see the scheme calls a little different. But I do really, for the most part, expect the Chiefs to kind of play it similarly Mm -hmm. but just have the coverages uh, almost the same to force Derek Carr to beat them deep. Yeah. I think the one thing I'm curious about is I saw a lot of single high safety from the Mm -hmm. Chiefs in that game. Um, They play a lot of single high, period. Yeah. But I wonder if they might do more cover two looks, maybe to try and take away that aspect and just say, hey, let's have Josh Jacobs maybe beat us this time instead. Mm. Um, Because the only way actually a team will beat the Chiefs is by matching them big play for big play. Um, That seems to be the case in most games the Chiefs lose. Um, so let's make Josh Jacobs instead try to win it. And I'd rather definitely them try that. Uh, the Raiders also won't have Trent Brown again for this game. So I think considering he's like the main linchpin of the rush game, trying to make force the Raiders into beating us rushing the ball is probably a safer bet. So let's go ahead and move on to our next question. Thank you, Devin, for your question. Devin's real MVL. Maybe we'll have something to reward him here in a little bit. Mark Singleton, he asked, has Brashad Breland's play this season been better than in 2019? Thank you, Mark, for your question. Connor, we talked about this on our episode about Unk's unheralded players. We Brashad Breland was one of them. Do you think he's played better in 2016 or in 2020 <laughs> than 2019? Holy cow. What year do I think it is? I, I talked about this recently with somebody. The, the year's just seem yeah. fake yeah. now <laughs> now that we're in like the 20s mm-hmm. like uh yeah that's the future that's not right now 2020 20 i'm talking about like draft picks in 2022 i'm just like these aren't real right. years come right. on now um has Bashad breland's play been better i think it's been about the same but the same is good mm-hmm. the same is a top 20 corner in the league um which is kind of he's such an unheralded and underrated player overall in the league that um he's just never talked about when um you talk about actual starting Mm -hmm. cornerbacks like solid starting cornerbacks he's proven over many years that he is a great uh nfl cornerback and he does well and he's very consistent at it so i think he's just continuing what he's proven and the only reason he hasn't gotten a big payday was the suspension last year and the weird uh, situation with his physical mm-hmm. and his foot that one year that actually lost him $20 million. I still don't really know what exactly happened with that, but that was the, he had a three-year $24 million deal on the table, mm-hmm. and he just didn't get it because of a physical. So he's a solid player. He's continuing to be solid, and um, uh, he might be a tad better, but uh, we'll see how he ends the year. Too. Yeah, no, I think that... Um, a lot of people kind of overvalue. They place way too much value on interceptions and passes broken up and stuff like that. It's hard to quantify the cornerback position sometimes, which is why um, a lot of people rely on PFF grades and stuff like that. Bashad Breland's just a good corner. I mean, if the ball's thrown his way, it's probably going to be an incomplete pass. He doesn't get picked on a ton, which is a compliment to a good corner. I mean, he just does what he's asked to do, and for a number one starting corner or a number two corner, depending on how you look at it, that's really valuable. So I think, um, I don't know if he's been better 
especially considering he missed the first couple games of the year. But I think it's been more of the same, just like Connor said. Yeah, I agree with you. I think that I said it's kind of hard to tell because of his four-game suspension, mm-hmm. but his play in the games that he has played in has been very good. I think Connor and I, you, we talked about this, about how it's sometimes hard to tell about cornerbacks, good cornerbacks, because they don't get thrown at a lot. So it's kind of hard to tell yeah. if Brashad Breland's you know, playing better, if he's playing worse than in 2019, because he just doesn't really get thrown at a whole lot. Now, his tackling is kind of a little bit iffy at some times, but um, that's something that you can say. But I still think that Brashad Breland is... Uh, probably the best corner on this team right now. Yeah. He, you know who he reminds me of, kind of, as a kind of a throwback? He reminds me of, like, prime uh, Brandon, Brandon Flowers. Flowers. Just yeah. a just a solid cornerback who you know will hold up on the outside um, and you like to have on the team just because he's yeah. a good player. Those, yeah. He, he kind of reminds me of that. Those were the days when the Brandons were on the Chiefs, and, I mean, not much else, mm-hmm. but it, it is what it is. I still, I still can't believe Brandon Carr had such a he was, long that's career. That's so productive, he was the, too. He, I mean, gosh. I think he's still playing, by the way. I think he's on a roster I'm going to look it up right now live on the pod. Brandon Carr. Live look up. This might have been, this might no, have been the first year. he's a free agent, he, but it's the first year current, he hasn't been playing in forever. First so. year, yeah. That's news to me. I didn't think. I oh, he, he started. Like he started the year with ago. Dallas. But he's no longer with the team, yeah. so technically he was still playing this year at the age of checks notes thirty four years old. Wow! Yeah, he's been in the league a long time, and he's been a good cornerback for yeah. a long time too. The two Brandons, uh, <laughs> I d- I never would have guessed Carr would outlast Flowers, mm-hmm. but uh, when they were on the Chiefs, yeah. they were both really good. Yeah. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, excuse me, sorry. Wanted to talk to you about today's sponsor, ExpressVPN. If you're listening to this podcast, you love football just as much as I do. I know that for a fact. Do you want to be able to watch every single NFL game this season, no matter where you live or what team you root for? Of course you do. And this season, there's a proven way to watch every football game for a fraction of the price of DirecTV or NFL Sunday Ticket. It's with ExpressVPN. And here's how it works. Use ExpressVPN to buy the International Games Pass. ExpressVPN lets you spoof your location so you can buy that International Games Pass and stream all the games. And plus, ExpressVPN comes with apps for computers, mobile, and digital media players like Fire TV. Plus, every time you go online, ExpressVPN will keep all of your network data encrypted, secure, and safe from hackers, even your internet provider company. ExpressVPN is the fastest VPN I've tried, and it costs less than $7 per month. It comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee. Enjoy all the NFL games this season with the world's most trusted VPN, ExpressVPN. Protect your online activity today and find out how you can get three months free by using the link in our description. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N.com. Use the link in our description for three months free with a one-year package. Now, let's get back to the rest of the show. 
And the Chiefs uh, are back, it seems like, to that solid cornerback play because mm-hmm. they'll have Legereus Need. They mm-hmm. talked about how he came back and was going to be practicing a little bit. So it's good. They're going to have a lot of depth. And then this just goes right into our unnecessary roughness. Uh, first, first take that we have here, DeAndre Baker. If you don't know, this is the Giants rookie last year who was the 30th round. Uh, not 30th round holy cow he's a 30th overall selection um by the new york giants he was arrested in the offseason alleged armed robbery uh he was cut crazy story if you want to know the full story go check it out on si.com at arrowhead report we've got it all laid out for you but the chiefs end up signing him they get a first round corner finally jordan you had a pretty fire tweet last night uh when it went down you said there the chiefs finally got a got a first round corner and i think it was well received well received in the chiefs <laughs> community i certainly thought it was funny but uh this is what the take says deandre baker will be an all pro next season guys you think that's unnecessary or necessary um <laughs> go ahead goddard i'll go ahead uh if we're talking about in his career, I mean, maybe, sure, why not? But next <laughs> season's not going to happen. Uh, one, because he, there's a lot of things that happened this year that you just went over, Tucker, right. that uh, probably stunted his growth as an NFL player a bit mm-hmm. um, because he wasn't in the building learning and uh, playing and practicing. So um, getting on a roster in week, uh, what is it, 11? After all that, uh, probably stunted his growth as an NFL player a bit. And also, he wasn't like an all-pro on the Giants either. He had a really rough start to the year, his rookie year. But apparently when they switched him over from playing primarily zone to primarily man, he started to play really a lot better at the end of the year. But even still, a lot better was, I think, eighth in the NFL um, at cornerback, according to PFF, in the last six or so weeks which is still not all pro level that's uh pro bowl level and that was but it's just a six week period so eventually in his career it's definitely possible he had a lot of good traits coming out of college um i also about bigger but tangent to this point um i saw i think it was kent swanson Mm -hmm. on twitter talk about this about deandre baker's status as far as Mm -hmm. contract goes and rights goes I think he's correct when he said if Baker doesn't get elevated to the active roster until week 13, that means he will not accrue six games um, for this uh, contract year, which means his contract uh, will, his rights will not toll, which basically means the Chiefs would have him for six games or five games Mm -hmm. this year. Then he would be in. Uh, exclusive rights free agent for the next two years and then he would be a restricted free agent for a year after that I believe is how that would work which is a crazy get for the Chiefs if he turns out to be a good player after all of this because that is a ton of contract control at very cheap very cheap uh, for very cheap monetary wise and so uh, I hope he becomes an all-pro because the Chiefs would have a, a $1 million cornerback <laughs> that's an all-pro on their roster, which is always a great get. Yeah, that's a, that's bargain hunting right there. Uh, what yeah. are, Can you explain, Connor, the, the different types of free agents? I know you, you laid them all out right there, but what, what do they mean, just for people who don't know? Um, exclusive rights free agent is basically a, a 
player who's not accrued more than three seasons in the NFL, um, and that is usually six games a season. Um, so that means that the team that uh, currently has their rights has uh, exclusive rights yeah. to them. They can, they're the only ones that can offer them a contract unless they decline it. Then the player becomes an actual free agent and they mm. can sign anywhere. Um, restricted free agent just means that they send an offer sheet based off of a first round, a second round, or, or an original round tender. They send that, and then if somebody wants to come in and swoop that player, they have to pay the draft pick and the contract. Gotcha. So exclusive rights basically means if the Chiefs want Baker, he's going to be mm-hmm. on the Chiefs mm-hmm. for like vet men. Wow. So that's the one to that's the one to desire to have for with good players, and that usually only happens though with undrafted free agents because any rookie will sign a four-year deal. So uh, yeah. that only happens with undrafted free agents or uh, young players that were released from their previous team like Baker was. Gotcha. Jordan, do you have any thoughts on uh, the whole I Baker mean, being an all-pro next year? Connor covered pretty much all of it. Um, I'm going to go ahead and deem that uh, quite a bit unnecessary. I just I can't yeah. see it. And, I mean, coming out of the draft or, I guess, into the draft, whatever, I – I didn't think he was worth the first-round pick. I mean, that happens a lot, though, with cornerbacks especially. Um, He's a guy who I had, like, a late second-round grade on, early third-round. That was before I placed grades on people. But I was like, this guy could be a solid player, but I wouldn't want the Chiefs to, like, take him first round. And, I mean, I still think that he could turn out to have a solid career and be a decent player. But an all-pro, especially next season when we aren't even sure how much he's going to play or be relied upon. I, I just don't see that happening. Yeah. I think that's my biggest point. Uh, we were, we just did a podcast about who was going to be the man out when Legarius sneak comes in. Uh, now we're talking about, uh, Baker coming in and being an all pro. Like, uh, I think we're, we're missing something there. We kind of need to slow down. <laughs> he's not even on the active roster. He just, he was signed to the practice right. squad. Um, and, and I know that the, there have been reports say he'll get, get called up to the active roster once he, he does learn the offense or, I mean, the defense. Uh, but still, I just think that we need to slow our roll here. He is, he could be a very good player. Like, like Connor mentioned, he played well when they moved him into man situations. And I saw, I, I believe it was Craig Stout. He said something about his body type is very similar to Rashad Fenton's. And the Chiefs like to play Rashad Fenton in the nickel in the slot. Um, So it'll be interesting to see how they use him going forward. And, Connor, you just wrote an article about uh, Brett Veach's stereotypes, I guess you could say, his prototypes at the cornerback position. Yeah. Uh, It's not the quarterback position. It's just um, Brett Veach likes a certain type (laughs) of player as, like, somebody to go after. And uh, that is former first round picks. <laughs> he's gone. He's signed a, a former first round pick every year um, as the Chiefs GM now because of Baker, um, especially ones that were dumped by their previous team. Mm-hmm. So like we got Cam Irving, Emmanuel Ogba. Emmanuel Ogba is technically a second rounder, but he was pick thirty two. Yeah. Um, we got DeAndre mm-hmm. Baker. We got um, Taco Charlton. Yeah. Um, there's a bunch, and uh, so. He has a type. He likes to get these former first-round picks that are cheap, and he likes to just see if the Chiefs can maybe coach them back yeah. up. And maybe it's the previous team. They just didn't extract all the talent out of the player that they could. Um, it's a good bet with how good the Chiefs coaching staff is. So, uh, 
he's just doing it again with the it's a championship Baker. move i mean that's the way i see yeah. it it's a team that championship teams make the chiefs have proven that they can do it and even if they don't get a ton of value out of it like it's not going to be a failed move if he doesn't turn out to be an all pro let alone next season but if he can right. just make the roster which he probably will this season he'll come back for the next couple and if he's just the depth guy fine if he's anything more that's just icing on the cake so that's the way i see it yep i agree with you guys one more thing to know about Baker is, yes, he's going to the practice squad, and yes, teams can steal players off the practice squad, but this year mm-hmm. teams can't protect players each week on the practice squad. So as long as um, the Chiefs protect him, nobody's going to steal him on the practice squad. So until he's on the active roster, he, he won't be going anywhere. That's a good no- That's a good uh, thing to note there. I didn't know that. So thank you, Connor. Um, yeah, teams can protect four players each week on the practice oh. squad. So Well... Let's move on to our final uh, little take here. I think we can make quick work of this one. We probably will. Uh, this one says Travis Kelsey would be a second-rate tight end without Patrick Mahomes. Um, <laughs> I'm just going to start by saying that this is. Go, go ahead. I'm Tucker. just going to start by saying this is unnecessary. Um, it's not like Travis Kelsey wasn't good before Patrick Mahomes got here. Um, I think <laughs> there was years with, with uh, Alex Smith that Travis Kelsey was very good, maybe even a leading receiver. <laughs> I didn't dig into his yards past them because I didn't think I really needed to do that much statistical digging to say this is very unnecessary. Travis Kelsey is a very good football player, and he's been a very good football player for a very long time. Yeah, I so the question I think was asked on my tweet, um, I got the impression because he said this wasn't my opinion, but he still asked it. I got the impression that somebody he knew said this and said it seriously. Probably, you know, somebody who probably doesn't follow football as intently as we probably. do. I, I would guess. No, it was a 49ers fan who saw someone's article about Kelsey uh, Anderson, George Kittle's stand probably that said, oh, Travis Kelsey would suck without Patrick Phillips. He literally has, he's working on 5,000 yard seasons in a row. And one of those was with Alex Smith. Like I, two of them two were of with them. Alex Smith. I, oh man, I, it's unnecessary. And that's all I have to say about it. <laughs> yeah, I think this was probably a Twitter comment <sighs> under the uh, Kelsey article that you yeah, wrote, Jordan, I, that was shared on SI's. Yeah. I didn't know people hated Travis Kelsey. Um, like, even if he's not better than Kittle in your eyes, you still have to have him at number two. Like, I don't get how you can say he's yeah. not good at blocking or any of the crap that was being said. I I think Russia oh is to blame gosh. because they led a disinformation <laughs> campaign against Travis Kelsey over the years about his blocking and his play so now people just think travis kelsey's like just a product of the chiefs offense when in reality um the only thing that's technically a product of that with him is he has slightly higher numbers with patrick Mahomes than he did with alex smith that doesn't mean anything because like even in 2016 2017 2016 especially Mm -hmm. he had a really good year he was basically the only uh solid consistent weapon who was on that team was it travis it was Tyreek's rookie year. Um, I think an older Jamal was it Donny Avery on that team. No, Donny Avery was earlier. Uh, yeah, was that was earlier. Avery. It was, it's like the transition period right. between the Alex Smith offenses that didn't throw a touchdown to a wide receiver. Oh, to okay. So years. man, that was a a rough year because it was. I'm pretty sure it was Tyreek's rookie year, and he he didn't get 
heavily involved right. that year. Yeah, that was that was not yeah. very good. I actually have here um, some rushing and receiving stats from 2016. So we have Niall Davis was um, he caught two balls that year. DeAnthony Thomas caught oh, seven. Was... Albert Wilson, I forgot about Albert Wilson. He went on to go to Miami and was actually pretty solid. Um, Jeremy Macklin and Chris Conley. So there actually was a little bit to work with, I guess, but I mean, not compared to Watkins, Hill, Kelsey, McCall Hardman, Demarcus Robinson, Patrick Mahomes, all that stuff. Right. That was also the year of, uh, yeah, yeah, Spencer Ware. The year of Spencer Ware. <laughs> that's how, that's how yeah. everyone remembers it. I mean, Spencer Ware, Spencer Ware had 1400 yard total yards <laughs> that year. I'm not even yeah. like, uh, so Kelsey is uh, a first-rate Hall of Fame, yep. first ballot yep. type <clears throat> goat, um, and my I think he'll end up the Chiefs goat. We'll see if he ends up ends uh, up overtaking Tony as the all all-time goat. But I think Kelsey will end up the Chiefs goat when it's all said and done, especially if he plays out to the end of his contract because he needs about three thousand yards to pass uh, Gonzalez for Chiefs. Well, um, leading receiver yep. and Atlanta made so. Tony's career. So if Travis becomes the Chiefs goat, that might not necessarily make him the NFL goat because Atlanta was oh so important for right. a thirty whatever year old Tony Gonzalez, who I might add did not win a ring with the Falcons like he thought he was going to. So I mean, I can't blame the guy. I'm a little bit salty, um, but it, uh, yeah, I can't tell. <laughs> it is what it is. He only he actually only won one playoff yeah. game with them. Their yeah, yeah. Super Bowl year was after yeah. Gonzalez. Oh yeah, I, uh, Jordan, I, I I think you veiled your uh, anger and your annoyance well, pretty well there. On the I video, you can well. see right up here, it's Tony G, in the flesh. That's I true. mean, I, I used to be a huge fan, and then he said that the Falcons made his career, and that couldn't be further from the truth. That's got to be hard because you have to try to satisfy two fan bases yes. at the same time. Um, I can't imagine how that would be because we only have one. I'm fan pretty base. sure. He, yeah, he was yeah. talking. And to he Atlanta did apologize media, right? and, and kind of clarified. So I, I guess I should just accept his apology. <laughs> yeah. Say it to him. Yeah, He's Tony, right behind I'm you. I'm sorry. I didn't mean it. <laughs> <laughs> so guys, I appreciate you joining me on this episode of Roughing the Kicker. You guys both had had articles since I last talked to you. Come out on si.com, arrowheadreport.com. So. Uh, Connors, I, we, we talked about it earlier. Jordan, yours is about, I, I, I can't remember. Tell us what yours is about. Well, it was a very forgettable article, apparently, um, about how the Kansas City Chiefs are primed to do some stuff after the bye. I mean, it's Andy Reid oh, yes. after the bye. It's Andy Reid pissed off about the bus. It's Andy Reid with a week to plan for the Raiders' defense. It's Patrick Mahomes with bulletin board material. I mean, it's the entire offense is going to explode. Um, it's basically a hype article that I published on either Monday or Tuesday. So, I mean, hopefully it still gets people hyped come Sunday afternoon or evening or whenever the game is with this COVID crap. Yeah, well, well who knows if the – it seems like the NFL is just going to keep rolling through. They're just going <laughs> to throw people on the on the COVID list, and next man up, we're going to keep going through. And that's what we do here at Roughing the Kicker. It's next man up here. Luckily, we've had no COVID issues, but <laughs> – I cross your fingers, knock on wood. No COVID issues yet. Yeah. No one's had to go on the reserve list. But this has been an episode of Roughing the Kicker on airheadreport.com. Go follow Connor on Twitter at Connor with an E underscore DKC. 
follow Jordan on Twitter at the best foot with an E F W D. Follow myself on Twitter at Tucker D Franklin. That's Tucker with an E. I did it. You did it. <laughs> Finally. I will talk to you tomorrow. The Rough and the Kicker Chiefs podcast is a daily Kansas City Chiefs podcast brought to you by Almost Entirely LLC in association with ArrowheadReport.com. Rough and the Kicker is hosted and produced by Tucker Franklin, executive produced by Joshua Briscoe, and is available on ArrowheadReport.com or wherever you get your podcasts. For more Chiefs coverage, visit ArrowheadReport.com and follow at SI Chiefs, at Tucker D. Franklin, and at JB Briscoe on Twitter. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.